Hi, everyone, and welcome back to not only your favorite music podcast, but your favorite podcast overall, Music Encountering Diversity. I, your host, Abby Kasner, am super excited to be back on the air, but I also have some bad news. Tonight's episode is unfortunately the last one we will be making. I know, it's sad, but I can tell you we have a lot of great things coming up. On today's episode, Worlds Apart but Coming Together, we are going to bring our experts back in to talk about the colonial impacts, globalization, and cultural influence in regards to music. We are going to bring back the coffeehouse energy again and have a more conversational atmosphere. The experts will be addressing the Great Partition, African American music, and the beautiful genres that have sprouted from them, and diving deep into the over 700 islands in the Caribbean. Our main focus today is going to be addressing how the heck a crazy past can lead to all these great music genres and styles. Today we have Ryan, Amani, Rachel, and Olivia back here with us. Say hello, guys. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Amani will be taking over the Money, Money, Money segment and talking about how an economy can be boosted from a dance craze, specifically refer, uh, referring to the aftermath of the Great Partition. In the segment, What in the World, Rachel will be talking about the elements of music in the Caribbean. Finally, Olivia will be telling us about African-American music in the Music Master section. Who's ready to learn about this great stuff? I know I am. Okay, let me grab my phone really quick, and then we can go to our social medias and kind of see what you guys have been asking. So hold on one second. Okay, from at Music Makes Me Lose Control, this asked, this user asks, hey, med talkers, I was wondering if you can give me a little bit of insight into what the Great Partition was and how music kind of made its way in during this time. I know you guys aren't all about history, but I'm more interested in the music aspect. That's a really good question. So, Amani, why don't you give a little background first before we discuss this? Yeah, so that is a great question. So, I guess uh, to answer the first half, um, the Great uh, Partition was the world's largest mass migration event in record history, and it occurred in India in 1947. So, the northern part of uh, British India contained a Muslim uh, majority, while the rest of India had a Hindu majority. Well, when they fought for independence from British rule, many Muslims offered a two-state uh, solution based on religion. And in the end, this is what happened. So that northern part became what's known as uh, Pakistan. The remainder uh, remained in, in India. And this event led to the migration of 10 to 20 million people. Now, this also had a lot of effects on the musical culture in the, in the in Pakistan, and this mostly stemmed from the difference in uh, religious backgrounds in these regions. So, one example of this is uh, uh, Qawwali music, which is a form of Sufi uh, Islamic music, and it became really popular in the uh, country of Pakistan. And this genre uh, contains elements from other Muslim countries uh, like Turkey and Iran. Um, yeah. So I have a question for everyone. Um, do you guys think that this music promoted healing during the aftermath of this great split? I know it's still kind of like going on today, like the conflicts in the two areas. But like, what do we think? Um, 
I think that one major factor that definitely came as a result of the Great Partition was the the immediate effect of the um, my, the migration and the sorting of people, and according to um, ethnic groups and religious affiliation, we can see how immediately this change registered in the music that comes out of each region, um, in the now Muslim territories of Pakistan, Bangladesh, and parts of northern India. We see the popularization of styles like. Um, Kuali and Hindustani, which feature a lot of musical elements and influence from Middle Eastern musical tradition. Um, meanwhile, in the South, similarly, people refined and specialized their music after the partition, leading to a cultural revival and the reemergence of Karnatik as an authentic Hindu musical form of expression. I think the development and growth of these musical styles has eased the healing process. However, it has also more clearly delineated the cultural divisions between the Hindus of India and the Muslims of Pakistan and Bangladesh. Um, Amani, overall, do you think that the impact of the Great Partition on the area was good or bad for the music of the region? Did it help soften relations or did it only exacerbate the differences between the Hindus and Muslims? Hmm, well, I'd say that the uh, partition definitely led to even more differences between uh, the, the Hindus and the Muslims, and because at its very core, the partition was a divisive event, not one meant to act as a way to like unify different people. So whether or not this was bad for music is a bit harder to say. I guess it depends on like what uh, con constitutes like positive changes to m musical cultures. So like if you define a good musical change as one that brings diverse peoples to view that the partition was quite bad for region music. Again, it all just depends on the idealized version of, of musical culture. Yeah, the Great Partition definitely created many differences in the music of India and Pakistan and kind of, like we said, didn't really necessarily bring them together, but all right. Um, we are going to take a quick break, and afterwards we'll move on to the Caribbean, which is one of the best places to vacation, by the way. Okay, we are back. I'm going to check my phone again really quick because it's blowing up like crazy. And I think I saw a question on there from someone that touches on what we want to talk about. Oh, on Instagram at yo 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 asks, Medlife, how are we doing? I'm trying to decide where to go on a vacation in the Caribbean and I can't quite seem to choose. I know you guys aren't travel agents, but perhaps can you give me some suggestions on where I might find some awesome music while on my trip? Um, I hate to cut in, but as a member of the university steel band, I feel like I just have to promote steel band music that originated in the Caribbean country of Trinidad. If you decide to go on vacation in the Caribbean, I've got to recommend you go and watch some amazing pan players. Steel bands are extremely new and only originated around the 1940s. Uh, the steel pan is actually currently considered the national instrument of Trinidad and is a large part of their culture but steel pans were not always so highly praised. And the steel pans originated from lower class neighborhoods and the original pans were made out of rubbish and garbage pans and such that they would um, make 
into different, they weren't even notes at the time. They were just different pitches. And so it was very similar to how you might see in like a marching drum line, how the bass drums all have different pitches and your higher and lower notes just to create contrast. Very similar to that, not really pitched instruments at the time. Um, but uh, as per usual, because these pans originated from lower class neighborhoods, the upper class just didn't like what the lower class was doing. So not really illegal, but it was, there was a point in time where police would, if they saw anyone playing or having a steel pan, and players would most likely get thrown into jail or get beaten just because they had a steel pan. And the opinions of the steel pan really didn't change very much until around 1946 when the Trinidad Carnival happened and a man named Winston Simon, a really famous plan, pan player, played Ave Maria, God Save the King, and a couple of local calypsos for an English governor who, sorry, who was visiting during the festival. Um, opinions of steel pans didn't change too drastically during this time, but more people started to recognize as the pans as being actual musical devices and the pan players being musicians. Um, but opinions of the steel band didn't change too much after that. It took a very similar to tango music. It, steel bands only really became popular with the upper class after it gained popularity in England. The Trinidad All Steel Percussion Orchestra traveled to London in 1951. And because European newspapers spoke highly of the steel band, that resulted in the upper-class citizens back in the home country of Trinidad to start being appreciative of the steel pans and then began to form their own bands. So I know I just talked a whole lot more than what you were expecting, but I just think it's super fascinating to hear about how something so widely accepted now was such an issue only 70 years ago. Uh, I was wondering if anyone else might want to talk about other types of music that you may find while tra traveling down in the Caribbean. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, so I can chime in. So let's talk a little bit more about Calypso music, which Rachel mentioned, and also ties in with what she mentioned about using um, steel pans. So uh, to put it simply, Calypso is a type of um, folk song, primarily from Trinidad, but it has been sung in Southern and, East, Southern and Eastern Caribbean islands, excuse me again. Favorite accompanying instruments of Calypso music include something called the shack shack or what we call the maraca uh the guitar um they also use something called the tambu bamboo which are you know bamboo poles of various lengths struck on the ground and then finally steel pans which rachel just talked to us about now when looking at the actual subject of a calypso text uh it's usually witty and satiric and was originally used to make a statement against unpopular political figures and events uh, the tone was one of illusion, mockery, double entendre, that kind of stuff. Uh, people would walk through the streets during these big and sing these uh, types of music to make a, or sing calypso music to make a statement against whatever was going on in their little area at the time. Um, so really, uh, calypso is uh, based around mockery um, and includes some really powerful messages when you look at it. It was a way for people to use their voice and show their concerns, but in a creative manner, using a creative outlet. 
it's really good stuff. Music wouldn't be the same without the feelings and stories that usually come with it. Well, great discussion, guys. Um, we are running kind of short on time, so let's travel to our next area of expertise for our viewers. All right, everyone. Sorry, I'm full of the questions today. Um, but I know Olivia can talk a little bit about this. Um, but we know there are several like battles that African Americans have had to fight over time, internally and externally, that influence their music. Um, lots of genres have been created um, by African Americans throughout history as well. So I'm just gonna ask everyone what their favorite is and why. Right. So um, to give a little background first, a large majority of African Americans today living in America are immigrants or descendants of immigrants. And while a large majority of their music had an influence once they came over to America, a lot of their music had origins places elsewhere. But um, let's focus first on the stuff that some of you listening might already know about. Um, and we can start about how uh, slavery and segregation impacted African-American music traditionally and popularly. So some examples of genres that have had a large impact on the world um, that originate, originated from slavery in America include uh, ragtime, blues, jazz, rhythm, you know, blues, rock and roll, and, you know, genres like bluegrass, Broadway, and even classical would have had such a large influence in even America without the African-American influences. So genres like the ones I listed above attract such large audiences, but a lot of audience members don't fully sympathize with it or consider where it comes from. They just focus on the sound of it. They don't look into it, which is sad because in my opinion, music becomes so much more enjoyable when you're able to understand the story and the feelings that are behind it. Um, but anyways, I could go on and on about music and feelings all day. So let's continue moving forward. Uh, looking into specifics, when slaves were forcibly brought over uh, the Atlantic Ocean, African-American music came with it, like I talked about above. A sense of community arose amongst the slaves. Um, they liked to use work songs as a form of a creative outlet and socialization, including the music they sing um, and performed that was sacred or even on days of rest. The banjo and the fiddle were created by African-Americans because slave owners were suspicious of the louder instruments that they had. Um, all of this leads us into the category of secular music. Um, so the blues, again, something I talked about a few minutes ago, drew on the solo vocal style of post-emancipation work songs and on musical elements of black ballads. This was more amenable to discussions of love, sexuality, money, etc. But then we look at bebop, which was a demanding style that requires great musical facility and flexibility, which needs to improvise at extremely fast tempos and harmonic progressions that are complex. Um, again, this is something I could go on and on about. I highly encourage you all to look more into it, you know, feed your brains and whatnot. Uh, to lead off Abby's original question of which genre is my favorite, I'd have to go with the blues or even jazz. I personally love jazz. I just can't play it. Um, and that's all I got for y'all today. So I'm just going to interrupt really fast, but um, we'll just have one more person take this question just because we're running short on time. But um, Brian, do you want to feed off of that question? Okay, yeah, sure. Thank you so much, Olivia. That was a great background on all the different genres. And it's so tough to choose a favorite. There's so many great genres that have been really heavily influenced by African-Americans. Um, if I had to choose one, I think it would be jazz with blues coming in as a really close second. 
Um, I've never played um, an instrument myself personally, but I love the instrumentation commonly incorporated in these genres, the trumpet, the saxophone. Um, I really like the, the sound quality of those. Um, one of the things I also like best about um, the genre is the versatility of the music. Um, within the same um, song or different parts of the same song, you can have different sections with radically different pacing and improvisation. And I, I just think that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it looks like we have a caller coming in. Um, let me take that. He said, hey, Mad Life, what are you guys' opinions on white musicians revamping original African-American music? I've heard different versions of songs, and it's confusing to me. Help me out. I can take this one. Uh, I guess it's I can understand where you may be confused by these different versions of songs that we may know. Uh, before African-American musicians were allowed to play any of their music on the radio, it was actually very common for white musicians to completely rip off the, mu the music of the musicians. Uh, one very popular singer that we may know is Elvis, and he is a huge culprit of this. Uh, one example is Elvis's song, uh, Hound Dog, which is actually just completely stolen from the artist Big Mama Thornton. Uh, a large majority of people did not know about Big Mama Thornton's song because it wasn't able to be played on the radio, so they gave Elvis all the credit for the song. Granted, America, Americans were not very welcoming to African Americans. Very safe to assume that even though those did know about uh, Thornton, dismissed her to give the white man all the credit, as they oh so often do. Uh, so basically, what happened was there was some academic dishonesty, and Elvis should have gotten suspended for it. But he was instead made rich and famous because the United States like pretty white boys. All right, everyone. I hate to break it to you, but we are officially out of time on today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for being so committed to our podcast this season. We truly couldn't have done it without you. I hope you guys enjoyed our discussion on globalization and cultural influence on music with all of our experts giving their opinions. Thank you for all the great questions on today's episode and tune in for future episodes. Maybe we'll, we will surprise you guys. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. It's no blue, 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 blue